welcome on in to an absolutely fantastic episode of Barton. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good night, happy Thursday, happy Friday, happy Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever it is that you are listening to this, I hope you are having the absolute best day ever. And remember, if you're not having a good day, guys, you have the power, my friends, to turn it around and make it extraordinary. It is the power of the mind that can make your day go from like a eh day to like a oh yeah day. So you guys just choose and figure it out and go from there. Okay, guys. So today is episode 64. And I'm really excited. Uh, today we have Miss Chelsea Goldberg. So I got to meet Chelsea um, via phone when the PWHPA was in town back in March. Um, just th- on the phone, I was really excited to meet her. Miss Laura Oakman introduced us. So uh, really happy that we got to make that introduction. And uh, these women in uh, in the PWHPA were just inspiring me. So I figured, you know, I got to have Chelsea on. And Chelsea's kind of got quite an incredible story. And I think what's the most... I mean, there's so many incredible things about Chelsea, but I think what really stuck out to me the most was the fact that there were many obstacles thrown her way for us to not even have that conversation. What do I mean by that? Um, The girls had to overcome a lot of hurdles. Let's put it that way. From living in LA to moving to the East Coast at... 16, um, breaking both of her legs. I, you name it, like Chelsea's had to overcome it, I feel like. And I think that was the most incredible part about everything was her determination and her grit was, it just shines through and she is a warrior. And I really feel like this is only the beginning of Miss Chelsea Goldberg. So I spoke with Chelsea, um, on April 20th. And guys, a lot has happened in the world of women's hockey since we spoke. Um, For those of you who know what I'm talking about, great. For those of you who don't, let me just kind of briefly catch you up to speed. The world championship games were canceled the day before the women were supposed to get on a plane to go. Um, And I think what's been really disheartening about this is um, the captain for USA, Kendall Coyne Schofield made a statement and I won't read all of it because it's, it's a little bit long, but as of the 24th, this is when she, she posted this April 24th, it has been 739 days since the world championship games were played for the women. Um, and I've heard some interviews done with some of the women and, you know, seen statements made. And I think the most disheartening thing is you just hear the frustration in their voices and the, honestly, it, it's defeating. And they, you know, I, I know one of the videos I saw, the one woman said, it's like, you know, women's hockey is an afterthought. And that's the most frustrating part of all of this is it's just an afterthought. And that's what really sucks. Um, but as I was thinking about this and, you know, what these women are fighting for and what they're trying to do. And I don't even like, I don't like to use the word fighting because it sounds like you're going against someone and, 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 and fighting means like one person wins and one person loses. And I think the truth of the matter is 
even though it's we're defining this as a fight, it's not a fight. It's I think it's just trying to do the right thing. It's doing the right thing, guys. And um, at the end of the day, I think what these women want is respect. Even the word sustainable, you know, they keep talking about that, like having a sustainable league and, you know, having it so they can make a living wage, which is the truth. And when I was thinking about this and what, what scares me is these women are asking for the bare minimum like the bare minimum of like, we need tape to keep our socks up. We need equipment, ice time. Like they're not asking for private jets and like steak tartare before games, you know? Um, They're asking for the things they need in order to compete at the highest level because these are elite of elite athletes. They are the 1%. They are the best of the best. And what scares me is, and again, I was thinking about this is like, what is the subconscious message that is being sent to younger girls? Think about it. If we are saying that you're the best of the best, okay? You're the top of the top and you're asking for just the bare minimum. And believe me, I understand that th- th- this is like the first step in it because the first step is like just getting the bare minimum because they don't have the bare minimum. But the truth of the matter is if you're the best of the best and you're asking for the bare minimum, what message are we sending to the girls who maybe aren't the best of the best? Because here's the thing is, there's the, the best of the best is 1%. What about the 99% who are still going to watch and still look up to you? Now, if they're not the best of the best and they're getting, and the best of the best is getting the bare minimum, then what do the rest of the 99% get? What are we telling them that they're worth? What are we, we're showing them that, well, you're not the best, so you don't even deserve the bare minimum. Like, I, I know that that's not the point and what, what is being done. I totally understand. Believe me, like, I get that. I know that that's not the message behind anything that what they're doing. And I believe everyone's heart and everyone's head is in the right place. And it still scares me that this might be the message that's getting across. I don't know. Maybe it's time to go back to the drawing board and figure out, like, what what is it that you want? Because I think as women, sometimes we forget that we can ask for more because we deserve more. And I think that goes back to knowing your worth and knowing your value. And just because someone offers you one thing doesn't mean you have to take it. If it's not good enough, if you know you deserve better, then damn right you deserve better. It's, I don't know, I just, I keep going back to the word respect. I just think these women aren't giving, they're not getting the respect that they deserve. And that's my two cents. Is it right? Is it wrong? I don't know. Um, it's how I feel. And I don't know, man. So I, it just, it's very frustrating to watch and it's very defeating. And I think the other thing that I was thinking about too was like, how long can you do this? Like, how long can you legitimately 
do this because these women are having to pay out of pocket for coaches, meaning, you know, specialty coaches, you know, like, and you have to still have a full-time job because you need to pay, but how can you have a full-time job when your schedule with hockey isn't consistent? And that's what you're trying to do. Um, it's just fucked up. Like it's as simple as that. It is fucked up. And I don't understand. And like, um, what's it called? Chelsea and I talked about this and you'll hear this later on in our interview, but it's like, how do you expect the game to grow if you're not giving the tools to properly grow the game? I don't know. Like, how do you expect to build a skyscraper with like teeny bop tools? You can't, you just can't. Okay. Um, that's it. I'm done. I don't <laughs> I want to move on. I know you guys want to move on too. I want to move on. Okay. Um, anyways, before we go into that, guys, if you enjoy Bar Talk, if you are a fan of Bar Talk, we are on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. It is Bar Talk with Jenna. Um, I would love it if you would follow along, subscribe, share the podcast. Um, and if you are enjoying this on your lovely ears or however it is that you're listening to this, write us a little review. Reviews help more than you know. Um, it would mean a very lot to me if you could go ahead and do that. Okay, guys, um, let me go ahead and tell you about two of my favorite things. When the dog bites, I don't need, I need to stop singing on here. Anyways, um, my favorite handbag all for all year, all year round is Margot Page. It is the handbag for all year wear made with durable and recycled materials. Guys, I am obsessed with Margot Page. Um, I think as you know, we're seeing, we're able to kind of go back in, out to venues and uh, sporting events and concerts are slowly coming back. Um, you want a nice little handbag, okay? And there's nothing I love more than Margot Page's crossbody fringe bag. It's super cute and it's like, it meets all like venue policy standards when it comes to bags. Um, and she is kind enough to give you 10% off your next order using promo code BARTALK10. So head on over to the Instagram page, which is Margot underscore page or their website, which is margopage.com and use promo code BARTALK10 to get 10% off your next order. All right, guys, what do I love more than anything? I don't want it. We're not going to light that. I, I could, I'll light my house on fire again. Um, your girl loves herself a candle. Okay. And uh, I am lighting right now the slancha. Oh, it smells so good. Okay. Um, slancha is in honor of my family's pub. I love it. I think L a candle is like the best gift to give. Um, I think it just makes your house feel like a home. It makes it feel nice and homey. And I have LYW candles literally in every room in my house. Um, uh, some of my favorite scents by them. I love the slancha. I love the Celine. Um, and I've been really enjoying the rainy woods. And I know Hannah is currently in the process right now of um coming out with some more sense so be on the lookout for that um i'm trying to think what else i love honestly i love them all she has the smaller tins but the blush is beautiful the class act i adore the class act um 
I love the hunter. I love the rainy woods. I love, I love the eucalyptus. I love them all. I want them all. I just want to burn candles all day long. Okay. That's it. So guys, LYW is giving you 20% off your next order using promo code bar talk 20 head on over to their Instagram page, which is L Y W candles, or you can go to their website, which is L Y W candles.com and use promo code bar talk 10 to get 10% off your next order. All right, guys, um, let's go ahead and get into this conversation today. I'm really excited about it. I think you are going to enjoy it. I think Chelsea is an absolutely extraordinary human being who's going to do some fucking unbelievable things in life. So ladies and gentlemen, without absolute further ado, the reason why you are all here today, my conversation with Chelsea Colbert. Cheers. Thank you so much for hanging on out with me, getting drunk with me on Tuesday at one o'clock. <laughs> I never thought I'd be doing this, to be honest. You know, I don't ever, I'm normally not like, if I drink, I'll have like a glass of something. Um, yeah. But th- because I film these early, I'm always like, God, I'm day drinking, which isn't a problem. You might as um, well. No. Okay. So I feel like I shouldn't even be talking to you and that like you shouldn't even be sitting here. And I say that with so much love and I want to explain why to people who are listening or watching. Um, you move, you're from California. You moved out East when you were 16 to pursue hockey. You broke both your legs. You got mono. Um, you didn't play your first college game until you were a junior and you have been tested. You have had so much shit thrown your way, but you kept persisting. Why? I think because at the end of the day, I had the best support system behind me. And so I knew that it was greater than myself and I was doing it for my coaches who believed in me, my family, who was there obviously from day one, my friends along the way, my teammates, but more importantly, myself at the end of the day too. And so I knew that as much as those four years were the hardest years of my life, um, we can dive in deeper if you want to, but I genuinely felt like it was all going to be worth it in the end. And looking back now, I wouldn't change a thing. Um, it's made me who I am today. It's made me a better person, more humble, um, stronger. And like I said, I would do it all again. What about, what about those four years was so challenging? It was, that was really the first set of adversity that had come my way, honestly. Like I, I mean, you, you grew up playing sports, you had Olympic dreams as well. And I think at the time I, was confident that I was going to make the national team. I was in the USA under 18 program growing up. And I was like, you know what? I have the potential to be at that top level. And so everything was kind of smooth sailing up until that point. And then when the first broken leg hit, I was like, okay, like I have something to battle through right now. And six months later, I was back at it. I had to call my coach at Northeastern. This is, I, I committed before that. And I was like, Hey, I broke a leg and he's like, you'll be fine. I know you, you'll be fine. Came back even stronger, broke the second leg. And I'm like, hmm, like, this is interesting. Cause it was the same exact bone on the other leg. Yeah. I'm like, all right, like we have something else to fight through again. And I had always had a very positive outlook on like, on life. I think my family um, helped me realize that and see that they, they raised my twin brother and my two older siblings and I very well. And I think just the perspective on life was to always battle through, you know, and keep going. 
never give up. So second broken leg hits and I'm like, all right, like, here we go. But I'm not going to lie. Like it wasn't easy. Like I say, I have a good outlook, but it still was mentally exhausting, you know, like fighting through that. So then I get to college recovered all set and then I get mono. So I'm like, oh my gosh, like third year in a row. Like, yeah, what's going on? There's a lot in between obviously, but it took three tests before the, the third test finally came back positive for mono. So I was playing like practicing captain's practice on mono and my spleen and liver were so enlarged. And so just had to say goodbye to the, the freshman year at Northeastern. And then I come back again, recover. And the leg that I had surgery on, I had five screws and a plate put in. Yeah. It was the fifth screw was like going down into my ankle versus going into my fibula. So my team doctor was like, Chelsea, for future, let's get that out. Like you got to yeah. get that out. Went out for sophomore year with surgery. And so that was my fourth year. But what I will say in that time, I can't tell you how many times, what am I doing? Should I quit? Maybe it's not meant to be, you know, all those negative phrases went through my head. Like it, it was, it wasn't easy at all, but at the end of the day, I kept reminding myself why I was here and why I was playing. And like I said, it was for my coaches, my teammates, my family, my friends, and myself. And I knew that I was stronger than that. I knew I could push through and I did. And my junior year, um, I scored two shorthanded goals first game back and my family was in the stands and I was like, this is why I did that. This is why I fought through and it was all worth it in the end at that point, you know, like what yeah. an amazing feeling. So I think that was looking back, that was, oh gosh, I was probably 21 at the time. I'm 28 now, but up until this point, that was one of the greatest feelings in sports that I've ever had. Cause I'm like all my hard work and I guess like motivation to get back into it, it paid off and it was so worth it at the end of the day. So much. And I have like a hundred questions based off of like everything you just said, but I guess I want to start with this one. Um, I, I love the, when you, when you talk about the reasons for like why you decided to come back, you know, I think it's, yeah. it's, it can be very easy to put those reasons on people you love. And you kind of said that your coach, your team, your family, but you also said yourself. And I think people don't realize that like, if you can't do it for you, those other people don't matter. So you did it for you. Like, why did you feel it was important to do it for you? I know I'm not a quitter in life. And I know that I, when I'm determined to succeed and when I put my mind to it, I succeed and I will get what I want just based off of that mindset. And I knew, I knew I was not quitting because of that adversity. And throughout those four years, obviously you get slapped in the face with that, but, but you have to accept like, it is what it is. Right. And mm -hmm. I changed my perspective as to life has a crazy way of working out and life has a plan for you. And honestly, throughout those four years, I really embraced those struggles more than anything. I was like, I was away from home. I've, I was across the country, you know, yeah. away from my family. I was going through the most adversity of my life and I really relied on my mental strength and my family and friends. And like I said, everyone, my support team to get me through that. And I knew for myself, like I wasn't meant to quit. 
And so I just dug deep and I found the strength to keep going. And like I said, it all paid off in the end. And I think that was the most important for me to realize is that if life throws you adversity or challenges, just embrace it. You know, it's going to suck at the time being, but, and you don't know what it looks like following that. But looking back now, I'm like, I wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't be playing pro still. I wouldn't be inducted into the Jewish hall of fame. You know what I mean? I wouldn't be where I am today without going through all those struggles because now when life throws me more obstacles, it's like a little hurdle. It's like, all right, I'm going to get over that and we're going to succeed, you know? So I think it's really important to learn how to embrace those struggles because they do make you a stronger and better person um, in the end. I strongly believe. It's so corny, but I'm all about corniness. And it's like, dude, like it wouldn't be thrown your way if you couldn't handle it. Mm -hmm. It's the truth. And I think people don't realize like they look at, you know, an obstacle. And I think people love to do like, Oh, well, I mean, it's like, no. Yeah. Like, come on, bring it on. Like black for lack of a better word, like let's fucking go, you know, like, and I think if you can do that and if you're, if you can run towards it and instead of like running away from it, like you are going to be so like proud of yourself. Like I did that. No one else got through that, but me, like I was the one who jumped over the hurdles, who went through the storm, who was in the mud dealing with the bullshit. And like, I did that. Like how fucking cool is that? That like, I did that for me. Yeah, no, it's so true. I mean, it, this is another, like, this is kind of corny as well, but sometimes when life is going really, really well, I'm like, like, bring it on, like bring on any challenges. Cause I'm like, like, this is too easy almost, you know what I mean? So yeah. I, I sometimes, I mean, I definitely embrace all the challenges that come my way, but it's sometimes like I'm looking for that because I'm like, because those four years were so hard it was, it was so difficult. And now I'm like, if I can get through that, I can honestly get through anything. So I took a trip to Africa. um, At some point in my college career, just I represented the student athletes, I was the president, and we took a community service trip to Kenya for two weeks. And that trip alone changed my whole perspective on life. And I think it made it made me realize how small big child or big like or how small problems we think are are like they're so yeah. minute in the grand scheme of things like if if I'm struggling with something throughout the day I really take a step back and I'm like whoa I know this might suck right now but guaranteed somebody else is struggling way worse than that you know what I mean and I think because of that trip to Africa I just anytime a negative thought comes into my head or something comes my way before I act upon it, I think about it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm so lucky to even have this opportunity. You know what I mean? Cause we are blessed with the opportunity to play sports and yeah. to go through life and to experience those challenges to make you a better person. And I think that's where my mindset really shifted after that trip. So, um, yeah, I think it's just all about having a positive outlook on life and knowing that you're going to get through it and it's going to be okay. And it's going to be okay. When, um, I, I, like I, I told you briefly, like I was one of the many people affected by the pandemic and I kept going back to like the essentials. I was like, I have a roof over my head. I have food in my belly and I have my bed. I'm good. Like, and it's, and I would say that to people and they would look at me and like, almost be like, really? And I was like, 
no, really. Like, no, actually, like, (laughs) actually, like I have a roof over my head. I have food in my belly and I have my bed. And that is more than most of the people on the fucking planet can say. And, and again, kind of like you said, like, sometimes you really just need to like see life through a completely different lens and realize that like, I don't know, the Instagram problems of the world are not fucking problems. And like, you know, the pettiness, it's like, why are we wasting our energy into things that are so like minute in life? No, it's true. In the grand scheme of things, it's they're so small. So small. And, and nobody really cares. Like you're going to look back in six months in a year and be like, why did that upset me? You know, like, why was I so bothered by that? Yeah. Because like we talked about, or I talked about life does have a weird way of working out. And I think if you just know and trust the process, it's going to, you're going to like, even your yourself right now, sitting here having a podcast and I'm sure you've chatted with such cool people and such cool guests and you didn't expect that at all. No, <laughs> no, but, but that came, that came because of a challenge and an obstacle that throw that got thrown at you. Exactly. So it's like, you have to just, um, I don't know. Like, I think it's also learning to like, let go of the control, which has been like, I think a struggle that we all have in life. And it's going back to the, like, the unknowns and the fears of the unknowns and, you know, kind of like what you're about to embark on. Like you've been out East for 12 years and you're finally heading back West. You're moving back home. And there are a lot of unknowns with that. Yet you said it feels right. Why does it feel right now? It feels right because, well, one, I like to trust my gut. I, I've really like been, intuitive with my gut instinct and my intuition. And I think all signs right now are kind of leading me up to moving West. And I'm really, I'm really letting myself feel that. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to let yourself feel that. And right now the signs are just telling me to move West. I've been out here for so long. I've made a name for myself out here. I got a college education. I got my master's done. I'm playing professional hockey and I've met amazing people out here, but this has been one chapter of my life and I know I'm such a California girl. I miss my family. I have two nieces back home that I want, I want to grow. Like I want them to, to know who I am and start developing a relationship with me. And I miss my family and friends out there. And I think that there's just new opportunity that lies ahead out there. And like I said, I don't, I have no idea what that looks like at all, but it's a risk that I'm worth that I'm willing to take. And we'll see what happens. I mean, I continue to play professional hockey. I'm going to make it somehow, you know, I'll figure it out when I get there. But, um, but yeah, I think I, I love riding the wave as cliche as that sounds being a California girl, but I love it. I love a cliche. Yeah. But for some reason, life is just telling me to hop on a plane and, and go back home. So We'll see what happens. See what happens. So high risk, high reward is kind of what you talked about, like heading back west when we chatted the other day. What are you hoping the high reward is? A high reward, I think, is um so I'll just put it out there. One of my goals is to actually learn a little bit more about the music industry. I'm very passionate about music and I think I've never really given myself a fair chance to explore that. I've been 
so busy with real estate, hockey, school, work, life, you know, life has just been crazy. And my priorities are, have been different. I've been involved with the PWHP and it's been unbelievable. And I, and I plan to continue to fight for what we deserve, but I, I have my little, look at this. I have my little keyboard right here. Oh but, my God, um, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, so I, I mean, like you love talking to people. I also enjoy yeah. talking to people and meeting people. And I spent a lot of my times going to the bars and clubs in Boston and getting to know DJs, producers, bartenders, bouncers, you name it in that industry. And it really, a lot of my friends have been like, Chelsea, have you ever thought about like maybe DJing or going into that industry? Cause I, I love the nightlife industry. I genuinely love it. Mm-hmm. And LA is a hot spot for music, obviously. So I really want to actually focus on that and pursue that. So ideally my plan would be to learn more about the music industry and, and see where that can take me in addition to um, potentially continuing my real estate out there and still playing pro and working on the hockey aspect. And so like, I don't, like I said, I have no idea what it entails, but I'm going to be working on the hockey aspect in some aspect. So I think you'll find a way to, um, have them blend together, like beautifully. I do too. I think it's all going to work out. And, and I think the first step in creating this change is making that move West. You know, if I don't make that move West, none of that's going to happen, obviously. So step one is to just get myself to California again. And that's kind of, that's kind of where I'm at right now. It's going to be great. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your time at Northeastern and then being a professional and then being with the PWHPA. And I think you had a really unique college experience compared to most women. And I kind of want to explain why. Um, I heard you say that the like men and women's hockey team, a lot of the like facilities mirrored each other, which I don't think is, it's not common. So, you know, you kind of grew up or, you know, were involved in a collegiate lifestyle where you were like, it is even, and then you became a professional and then you look around and you're like, oh fuck, it's not, you know? And I I always like to, like, we, we throw the word equality around a lot. And I think sometimes it's like a loaded word. So I always like to like bring it back down and like simplify it to people. So like simply explain to people what it is that the PWHPA is fighting for straight up we're fighting for a sustainable league right like we're we're fighting for a league where that can be our job Mm -hmm. essentially equivalent to the NHL right like yeah we all a lot of people don't know that we all work full-time as well so it's crazy essentially we essentially have two full-time jobs playing pro hockey and working are nine to five daily Mm -hmm. right and when you're trying to compete at the professional level it's very difficult like it's I can't tell you how many days and so with that being said our practice times are wild I mean this year they were a little bit better they were at 6 30 but traffic hour is terrible right so it's like there's still always a challenge and previous years we were practicing at 10 30 at night 30 minutes away so by the time we get home it's 1 a.m now and we're up at 7 30 for work and it's just like 
a constant cycle of, um, I guess, playing catch up with your sleep and your nutrition and making sure you're, you're well enough to play at your best level. And that's really challenging. So we are fighting for a sustainable league where we can play at that level and make a salary that's livable. Yeah. And I think it's, it's as simple as, you know, cause ever, I feel like all these people are like the, the, the Twitter thumbs of the world is what I like to call them. They're like, you know, well, no one watches or no one does this or no one does that. And, and my simple answer to them is like, think about how you're being set up to fail. Like, and that's what it comes down to. Like you just said it, like your, your ice time is at 1030 at night. Like I was in bed last night at 945. So like, as you're, as I'm getting ready to like get shut eye to start my day the next morning, you have to be fully engaged, physical, alert, mentally sharp. And then you're getting home at one o'clock just because you get home at one doesn't mean you're going to bed. You're going to shower. You need to unwind. You're trying, you're, you're trying to turn your brain off after you've just done something that stimulates your body. You know what I mean? So it's like, so tell me how now as someone who wants to bring this league and bring the sport to the next level, how am I supposed to do that when I'm working a nine to five job? And then after nine to five, I'm getting in my car, driving to an ice rink. Oh, and I got practice at 1030 and I'm supposed to eat healthy because an athlete's supposed to be super nutritious and very on top of her body. Like, when am I supposed to meal prep? When am I supposed to cook for myself? Like, I don't think people realize it's so, it's really not asking a lot. It's really not. Like, we are able to enjoy the NHL and, and the MLB and the NFL because these men dedicate all of their time to that. So of course their game's gonna get elevated because it is what they are dedicating their time to. So like, answer if you if someone can like actually logically give me a reason as to like yeah no let's keep doing what the women are doing and let them have two jobs and let's they let the, the game will elevate that way like fucking tell me how how because it's not and then, and then and then play so that's just a week of work and practice and then we have to play two games a weekend Saturday and you're traveling Sunday. and you're traveling right so it's just a constant cycle that yeah and and it's just a lot of people are uneducated with that. And yeah. it comes down to, you know, the main difference is we have to pay for our equipment. We don't have a facility to keep our equipment. We have terrible ice times. It, it The list goes on, right? And I think those are main differences, I would say, at the women's to, to men's pro level. Um, so we're fighting, yes, for a sustainable league, but also to settle those differences as well you know so I when I was in college when I was in college I it felt more professional than it did now granted we've made huge strides and the PWHPA playing at MSG and the United Center were amazing and that was the first time I had really felt like a professional athlete but when I was in college at Northeastern we got treated very well and it was I mean we got our equipment taken care of we had a we had beautiful facilities you know strength coaches trainers everyone like on call and it was Mm -hmm. great and so I think that's that's part of the overall package of what we're fighting for right now so I'm not a numbers person but I feel like you can't lie with numbers so if you would feel comfortable um can you tell everyone who's listening or watching how much you had to pay out of pocket for equipment in like one season? 
for pro yeah um so I actually am unique I got lucky that I still had my equipment was I mean I I didn't play a full four years at Northeastern so I had like some solid equipment that I could still utilize so I wasn't necessarily paying that much you know sometimes I would throw in for some clear tape and uh, I think I got new shin guards at, at one point but I didn't really pay for the majority of the main purchases like sticks and skates and whatnot but some of my teammates you know skates are so expensive these days I think they're they're upwards of what like 500 maybe sticks are a couple hundred so I mean hockey's not a cheap sport at all yeah and it, it's those little little things like you take a trip back to call the college days where it was like Christmas morning or I mean I'm Jewish so Hanukkah Hanukkah when you walk into the locker room and you see yeah. your brand new skates and your sticks and everything just in your stall and like it's just not the same at this level and you would think it would almost be reversed wouldn't yeah. you yeah you I mean you should think it would be reversed yeah um so let's just say ballpark like a ballpark number um skates sticks you're gonna get multiple sticks because you're not just buying one stick it's upwards of a thousand for okay. sure like that, oh, that is coming yeah. out of your pocket yeah yeah so again I just think it's like it's not asking a lot and I think that's what people don't realize it's not like you know women are asking for the moon or the galaxy like no, or it's, it's, it's even it's, it's this it's, it, it is, it is an equal playing field. And that's so, it, it, and I always break it down to like, you know, this past final four or, or not final four March madness. Um, because again, I understand the, like this side of it, the like behind the scenes, the microphone side. And if you watch the men, and again, maybe this is like a CBS thing versus an ABC thing. I don't know, but the men have that really cool camera that's on the floor that like glides across. Okay. It's sharp looking camera. It's really appealing to the eye. And then they have the one on top where it like kind of hovers around like a, like a NFL. It's like the drone. It's It's like like the the drone. drone. So as a, as a, as a consumer, as someone who is watching this, your eye is enjoying this. Now that's, I think the men, again, I don't know the numbers, but I'm thinking it could be anywhere from, I don't know, nine different cameras where the women might have five. Mm-hmm. So, and again, like that's money too. You're paying nine camera men, camera woman, whatever. And the women's you're only paying for five or, or however it is. So it, it's like, that is, that means evening out the field too, you know? So it's just those things. And like, I just hope that not hope what I can see and what I feel is like what the PWHP doing, what the PWHPA is doing is so special. And I felt it the minute I walked into to the United Center, like I had chills all over my body and I was like, oh my God, like, oh my God, look at all those fucking ponytails on the ice. I've never seen a sight more beautiful in my life than ponytails on the ice at the United Center. Like the little girl inside of me who never thought I could see that is like, is like crying tears of joy right now, you know, like it's a beautiful sight to see. I'm curious for, from your perspective as a woman who is in this and is doing the the grunt work of it, like, what do you see is next? Honestly, my full, like optimistic self here, um, 
thinks there will be a league in the next couple years for us to play professionally. And whether I'm still playing or not, I am so grateful to have been a part of this foundation and the building blocks for that next level and for young girls to dream about playing at that level, honestly. But I'm I'm so optimistic that we are going to have a full-on functioning, sustainable league for us to play in in the next couple to three years, I would say. I um I agree with that. And and I I said this on like a podcast that I did. I didn't feel like I was watching a women's hockey game. I just felt like I was watching a hockey game. Yeah, you saw those little bun buns and the I loved it. Like just like skating around. And you gotta say, like, you it was good hockey, right? It was great hockey. Yeah. I mean, I I'm like I said, I'm fortunate enough to be living in it and playing with and against some of the best girls in the world, which yeah. is unbelievable. But even my family and friends that tuned in to NHL network and NBC sports. And so thank you to all those outlets, but right. Yeah. My family back home in California, like they're not hockey people by any means. Like they still, some, some of my family members still don't know the rules of hockey. Right. <laughs> but they called and and they're like, that, that game was unbelievable. You know? Yeah. And it was just like, like you said, it didn't seem like you were watching women, you know, you were, but it's just like that level is, is so special and so good that you were just watching a professional game. You're watching a professional hockey game. Yep. It was, it was as simple as that. And I remember just feeling like it does, it didn't feel right for my end because I was like, I'm so honored to even be in here right now. But I've been in the madhouse on Madison when it's packed to the brim. And that's how that place should have been. Like it should have been packed to the brim. Jim Cornelius singing the national anthem and everyone's cheering and screaming at the top of their lungs. Like that's what a game at the United Center is. And I know that that's going to happen one day for you ladies. And I just can't wait to witness it again. And honestly, like you're going to be working in, in the industry too. Like I know you're going to be right there. You know, because that's like also what we're fighting for is for, you know, our media people and, and all of the other people that will make it happen and make it possible. Yeah. Right. So I think I think there's going to be so much opportunity, not only for females growing up playing the game to dream about playing at that level, but also for professionals on the media side of things and athletic training and coaching to be right there with us, you yeah. know. It's going to be a beautiful sight to see, and it is totally heading in the right direction. It's so exciting. Amen. So exciting. Okay. So I want to talk about really quick. uh, And and you're rocking the sweatshirt too. I had to. I had to. I love it so much. It's the best. I kind of want that. I like, I like your, I mean, I like mine, but I really like yours too. I, l- I enjoyed the Heather, the Heather gray with the name. Yeah. I think it just, it's it like, I don't know, it like stuck out to me. And I was like, Ooh, yeah. I want that. Yeah. I that's a that. classy one. It's a it real is. classy one. Classy. Super classy. Yeah. Um, okay. Mindset. I love a good mindset. I love a good perspective. And I know you have a great mindset and I know we kind of talked about it earlier, but I want to like circle back yep. to it. Um, I think of what, People like I, you know, let me try that again. So having a good mindset, people hear it and it's like, oh my God, you're so right. But when I hear someone say, I I have a good mindset, my initial question is, 
wow, you must have had to have faced a lot of internal battles to get to that mindset. And you've probably had to face harder battles internally than you have on the ice to get to be as mentally strong and have that perspective that you have on life. Can you give me a kind of then to now of Chelsea Goldberg's mindset? Yeah, for sure. I think you just nailed it on the head. I mean, so granted, I broke both my legs on the ice. Physically Mm -hmm. on the ice is how I broke my legs. But that's only that's only the initial part of it, right? The, right. the, the main part of it is, is overcoming that at, off the ice because you're, you're not going to, I wasn't able to skate for years, for months. And wow. so it's not about on the ice. It's actually about what you're doing off the ice to get yourself in the, in the best mental place. And mental health is something that I think is so not talked about enough, but it needs to be. And I think you need to be okay with realizing your state of mind. And if you're not okay, like it's okay to not be okay. It really is. Again, another cliche, but I really had to let myself feel and let myself have those thoughts in my head. Like, I'm going to quit. Like, it's not worth it. I want to move home to California. All those, like, you know, just my mind was like spinning at a thousand miles per hour. But when you really, when you really dig deep and you ask yourself why, I think you can fight through it a little bit more. And my why was, like I said, for my family, my friends, my coaches, and then myself to get through that. Cause I know I was strong enough to, right. But I also think those experiences, yes, they definitely put me in a place where I could see that mindset because I had to, like, I just had to force myself to overcome those if I wanted to continue to play in college. Right. And my trip to Africa, I think was just the, you know, the icing on the cake. It was just where I really realized that life is so about perspective. It really is. You know, I mean, when you see that firsthand, it's just like, wow, like we are so lucky to even have the opportunity I'm so lucky to even have the opportunity to play college hockey, you know, and to be in my shoes that I was in. And, and that's why I now more than ever embrace the obstacles, because I think that's where you really learn. People really learn from their mistakes. They learn from adversity. They learn from any struggles that, that come their way because you have to somehow find the inner strength to dig deep and overcome that. Right. So that's my then, which made me, I would say like change my perspective on life, but moving into now commercial, everyone has been hit with this pandemic, right? Like this pandemic has been, I mean, sometimes I can't even begin to fathom that we're still living in a pandemic, right? Like sometimes it still doesn't even hit me, but this pandemic has definitely hit the majority of people very, very hard and in different ways. And I think in commercial real estate, we got hit differently than other people did. Right. But it was, it was very tough. I actually lost a friend due to COVID and he was a very good mentor of mine throughout college when I was so injured and so broken at the time. And he lost his life to COVID. And I think that was very, that was very difficult for me to kind of comprehend like why, you know, and 
you it just makes you think like you never know what the next day brings like cherish the people in your life obviously like feel blessed that you woke up the next day right and that's like my mindset of life but it doesn't mean I'm perfect and it doesn't mean that I still don't have these struggles maybe it's not as often maybe it, it's a couple times a month or a couple times every few months but when I lost him and then obviously going to work every day when my twin brother was working remotely and every single person I knew was working remotely and it was just like it just felt like a constant and I, again like looking back so grateful to still have had the job right mm -hmm. but at the time it was just so much stimulation going on in my mind that I was like I was struggling my mental health was at an all-time low all-time low and this is very recently this is a few months ago and so I actually had to step away and ask my boss for a leave of absence for a month just to recoup and see if I could get my mental state in a healthier spot and and come back even even better again so and more refreshed and so I did I took a step back for a month and it was the best decision I could have made because it just gave me a month to kind of regroup and think about why I was hurting so much and why I was struggling so much and accept that we're kind of all in this together. We're all living through this pandemic. So mm -hmm. it's not just me that's struggling. Like there are so many other people that are struggling for different reasons, right? Yeah. And I'm the type of person that doesn't, doesn't necessarily let myself feel enough. And I think for me to take a month away from work and let myself feel why I was struggling so badly was the best thing I could have done. And here I am and I'm in a really good spot mentally. I I'm still playing and I cherish every relationship in my life, whether that's family, friends, strangers that I meet at a bar. Like I, I love human connection and I think I'm excited to make the move West, but, but yeah, it's, it's all about mindset and changing your perspective. And I think, and I knew that mental health is so important and I needed to do something about it. I couldn't just let myself live in that state anymore. So for me to change that, it was to eliminate one of the main stressors. And that was going to work every day and not knowing why I felt that way. So I was like, if I take a step back from this, I wonder if I'll feel differently or better or worse but I needed to do something. And so the initial change that I made was to step away for a month and see how I felt. And it, I felt so refreshed, regrouped and I'm ready to roll. I would just like to commend you for knowing yourself and for, you know, saying to yourself, like, I'm not good and I need to figure out why. And that's not an easy thing to admit. Um, and I know that just by you sharing that it's going to help someone. I know that, um, last question. And then we're going to go into a fun game of rapid fire. You always say, and I always say this too. So again, I, I guess I don't find it ironic that we're sitting down talking. Um, everything happens for a reason. And uh, it took me a really long time to figure out why my college career didn't work. And I actually figured it out last year, which I was like, okay. I get why it did. I get, I totally understand why it wasn't meant to work out. I'm curious if you have been able to figure out your, why everything happens for a reason. 
Yeah, I, it's interesting that you bring this up because I think, so I'm a, I'm a person of why I love knowing the why of things. And that's just, I studied counseling and therapy in undergrad. I thought I was maybe going to go into the psychology realm. And I just, I love the human mind. I love how humans work and I love getting to know people because everyone is so different and everyone has a story. But I think it's interesting because as a person that loves to know the why, sometimes I don't get my why for, like you said, years. Yeah. Like, sometimes it, I'll just be sitting somewhere having a conversation. I'm like, oh my gosh, like it makes so much sense now why this happened or why this didn't happen and why I'm sitting where I am today. So I think for me, the four years of that adversity and obviously like getting weeded out of the USA program and whatnot, I think it was there's more that was meant to happen in my life. And I think I was meant to make an impact on people. And I love honestly helping people and relating to people with similar stories and chatting with people who might need help or are maybe experiencing something similar to me. And it's a really cool feeling to know and accept that what happened happened. But obviously I, like, like we said, it happens for a reason and I wouldn't be sitting here today. I, I wouldn't yeah like my my route my path of life would have been completely different and I don't know where that would have taken me but everything up until this point like I love life life is fantastic and I think like I said I've made a really strong name for myself and um it humbled me out big time and I I genuinely love connecting with people on a deeper level and I think I think part of that is because of what happened to me like I genuinely do so it's interesting. I mean, power of social media is super cool too. I, I have a really unique story as far as like helping somebody with a similar story to mine. And it, it goes like this. So we got a message last year, first year of the PWHPA from um, a young fan, a young fan's mom reached out and said, my daughter just broke her leg. She's struggling. Can any of your players reach out and like give her some advice, some tips, whatever. This message got sent to all the regions and it really resonated with me. Obviously I broke two legs and I was like, what's this, what's this mom's number? I want to reach out. And so I got a hold of the mom and the daughter and um, we ended up becoming pretty close and have a unique connection via Instagram and, and whatnot. And I basically was just like, Hey, it might suck to hear this right now, but it's going to be okay. Like embrace the struggle. Mm-hmm. You're going to be okay. And you're going to get through it. And you're going to be even stronger in the end. And I kept it pretty simple. But then like, obviously, she was asking me questions and I was answering. But like I said, we developed this strong connection. And um, one of the showcases was in Toronto, and she's from Toronto. And she messaged me and she was like, I can't wait to support team coin, which is the team that I was on for that showcase. And she was like, I'd love to meet you after my mom and I are going to be at your games. And I was like, this is so cool. This is unreal. Like to know that I've had an impact on somebody who dreams of playing professional hockey. Right. And so I was like, let's do it. Let's meet. And so after our second game of the weekend, um, I saw her and her mom just standing like right next to where we get off the ice and got off the ice. And I went over to them and, 
it was just like we had been friends for so long but it was just such a unique bond and connection based off of a story that I could share and help her with that I've gone through you know and so I think life happens in such a weird way like that where me breaking both legs I wouldn't change it for the world because I know now how to deal with adversity like that but I also know how to inspire others who might be going through a similar situation or other obstacles. Amen. Okay. Let's have a cheers to you being a badass. And then we're going to get into some fun, little fun game. Mm-mm. Okay. So ridiculous, random rapid fire questions is my favorite way to end. Every time I chat with someone, um, they are a little bit odd and wacky and all over the place. There is no shot clock, but try not to take too long answering if that makes sense. Pew. Okay. I've never played basketball, but <laughs> hey, you had a that was solid form. My dad used to say reach into the cookie jar. That was how he used to teach me to shoot a basketball. Reach That's cool. Yeah. It, That's a good one. It worked. One. It, it worked. But then I'm like, but then I'm like, I don't know if my right hand is first or my left hand. You know what I mean? Like I don't know the technical Are you right handed or left handed? I'm right handed. Oh it right hand up. Right hand so up. So I was right. So yeah, I was so right. you're right. And then the left is just a guide. It's just a guide. But don't look like Joe Kim Noah when he throws it. This is how he throws free throws. Like, you can't do that. That's not, it's very bad. It's very bad form. Okay, no smack talking Joe Kim Noah. I love him. Anyways, um, what is your proudest drunk moment? Oh my gosh. I feel like I have so many, but it's like, I'm, oh, this is going to be fun because I don't think I've ever really like thought about any of these questions um proudest drunk moment wow so I I dm'd Cole Swindell and I was like I was like hey I bet you've never partied with hockey girls and he was like I haven't he dm'd you back and then I was like all right well meet us at Loretta's which is my favorite country bar in Boston after his concert at the House of Blues. And obviously I went to his concert and look who shows up, Cole Swindell. Like, shut up. Bought him a beer. Yeah, passed him a beer. Like, had his, like, sectioned off his own part of the bar. Like, it was, it was unreal. But, um, you know. You drunkenly DM'd Cole Swindell. But like, but like, shoot or shoot, right? Shoot Dude, that's shot. my motto. You gotta shoot. You never know. You never know. Have you like chatted with him since? I mean, like, here's the thing is now since he opened up your DMs, like he gets the notifications on your DMs now. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't. I'm like, I don't want to be like, I don't want to be fangirling or anything like that. You know? I mean, you could find another very smooth, suave mente way to slide on in to those DMs. You did it once. I think you could do it again. <laughs> that's the, I was not <laughs> expecting that answer. And that's the best answer I think I've ever heard in my entire life. Like mic drop. Um, okay. What is your drink of choice when you're out? Tequila soda, baby. Tequila soda. Do you know, I just heard what tequila soda is actually called. What? It's called ranch water. Why? I've never heard of that. I've never heard of it either. And I had a customer the other day at my bar was like, Hey, can I have ranch water? I'm like, I can make that if you tell me exactly what's in it. And he's like, it's just, um, tequila with like mineral water, like mineral soda water. Yeah. I was like, well, I don't have mineral water, but I have like soda water, tonic water. I can like throw a lime in there, like call it a day. I mean, I've never heard of it, but yeah, that's the tequila soda. Tequila soda. But I'm not going to lie. When I, I'm 28 now. 
Mm-hmm. But I don't know if this is the same for you. We're the same age. Like yeah. we're chilling. We're we're good friends now. But yeah, I think when I hit 25, that was the really landmark when I was like, oh my gosh, my hangovers just have gotten exponentially worse. Um, mine was 26. Okay, so so 26. similar but yeah. different. Yeah. But mm-hmm. but listen, like one sec, tequila. This it's the best tequila. Wait, I have it. Wait, do this I? right here. This yep. is the only thing that I can genuinely drink and not get hungover. Where is it? Oh, it's all the so, way back. So, Casamigos, if you're watching and you're listening, thank you, Casamigos, for becoming my Migos because it is the best thing in the world. Casamigos, here, wait, I have it right here. Hold on. It's <laughs> your, girl, your girl's got quite the bar under here. I need to get a better setup. There's just too much. I, I have too much alcohol. Yep. See, mini bottle. I love it. I love she's, it. She's beautiful. We're just gonna leave. So her right we're there. on the same page. We're on the same page about that. But totally. yeah, that's uh, that's my drink of choice these days because it's, you know, it's an upper too. So it's a it solid drunk, solid buzz, and no hangover. So I'm chilling. Beautiful. Absolutely chilling. What is the kindest thing a stranger has done for you? Wow. You're really making me think, huh? A little bit, yeah. I'm gonna take a drink. Oh my goodness. Um, this is crazy. I'm sure there's a ton of experiences that I'm gonna completely miss or just not remember right now, but I would say when I broke my leg, when I broke my second leg and it needed almost immediate surgery, I actually had to fly home from Vermont because it was, it was broken in four places. And, um, I ended up getting seen by a specialist in LA that my family knew. And so I flew home from Vermont by myself. I think I was 18 or 19 at the time and just in so much pain and just like, obviously like away from family at that at that time it's just like what's going on like so much overstimulation and just like everyone on the flight was so just so accommodating and and so helpful and I think like I was obviously on crutches at the time and they just got me a wheelchair and at that like I have no problem asking for help now Mm -hmm. but at that point I was very I was very shy and you know like so injured and I just I didn't want to ask for more help I I felt like it was an inconvenience but yeah just they got me a wheelchair and got me all set on board and they really took care of me the whole flight I mean I was in so much pain it was a fresh break and stuff like that but um yeah I think that was the first time where I was like really really opened up to like the idea of of strangers like wanting to help and and be there for you and and that's why I have no problem asking for help now is because I know people genuinely want to help. You know, like if you ask for help, if somebody asks me for help, I am more than happy to help. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, but like, that's a, I think that's a small example, but there's like every day I feel like a stranger helps in some way or shape or form, they you really know, do. they really do. I think we need to highlight strangers just doing ac- random acts of kindness. Cause I think there's more of that in the world than we probably give credit for, you know? Absolutely. And we don't think about, like, that took me a long time to even think about, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, you automatically always revert to the bad yeah. when 
there is so much good that needs to be emphasized. So, so, so much good. Um, what was the first concert you ever went to? Toby Keith. Oh, was this when Courtesy of the Red, White and Blue album came out? Yeah. And this was, so I'm a country girl. I love country. I love EDM, Same. but country is like my go-to mm-hmm. all year too. Like I, I'm not one of those where it's like only country summer. in the summer. Yeah, exactly. I'm like all, all year round, year round yeah. all year. And, uh, but I think it's also partly because my family is like country, country, and they, they kind of just played country throughout like my twin and my childhood. So we grew up listening to Toby and then Toby came to California. So we went to Staples Center and it was so cool. It was, it was a rad concert. Yeah. I love that. That was the first album that made me fall in love with country music. So it's so solid. Every single song every from front to back, like every single song, like I have chills thinking about it and I can hear it playing in my mom's silver minivan right now as we're just like yeah. driving down 94. Like, I just love it. Yeah. Like, what was your first concert? Uh, my first concert was John Mellencamp. No way. Yeah. Wow. So um, I've actually, that's another solid one though. That's yeah. A it's a super great, super solid one. one. Um, yeah. My mom went my mom went when she was, I think like eight or seven months pregnant with me and then took me, dragged me and my sister like downtown because he was playing somewhere and I couldn't have been more than like four, but we got dragged everywhere, which like, I don't mind. It turned out great. But so I saw him, I was like, thanks mom. This is a great story to tell. So yeah. um, yeah, like got to see him and she we, she has a picture of him like with a cigarette hanging out of his mouth as he's like coming up on stage. And we, we were like, it was like mosh pit style. So you just like, you know, where you were was where you were. And that's- Oh my gosh, was. yeah. And it was awesome. Um, Saw him then, saw him at, on the lakefront. Um, My dad got like tickets that were called like TD consultants in a box, which was like a total joke. But like we went and saw him and then I saw him again a few years ago. Um, but my mom's like, he's just not the same. And he like totally wasn't, but like me and me and Mr. John Mellencamp have a very special relationship. That's important. That's yeah. so important. It's very I love important. That. He's also my like go-to karaoke song. It's always pink houses or, or a small town. It's one or the other. That's fair. One or the other. Super fair. Okay. Um, do you have any odd talents? Odd talents. Well, I can touch my tongue to my nose, but I feel like that's a common one, right? I don't know. Is it like, mm, I did it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. Yeah. That's like, I guess that's a low key talent, but like, it's a good one. It's a good one. Yeah. Um, what is the best piece of advice anyone's ever given you? Embrace the journey and embrace the struggles. Honestly. Like I think when I was going through all those obstacles and adversity I I really didn't know what to think or do and I forget who it was but um I I heard that and it really stuck with me because it's so true it's yeah. it's just like and and that's why I ride the wave now and I I literally embrace all struggles because it's part of life and that's what's going to make you stronger so amen yeah. um would you rather go skydiving or swim with sharks skydiving all right uh, who should my next guest be? Hmm. Can it be anyone? Anyone. Like famous? It can be anyone. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Carrie Underwood, for sure. Oh my God, I would die. 
mainly we were talking about Miss Carrie Underwood. Let's talk about the regime of how I get your legs. No, wait, I saw something. It's like, she has like a pedal bike in her tour bus that she can like sit at a table and just her legs just go to town. I gotta get it. Yeah. Imagine like, imagine having Carrie Underwood and Laura on together, like both Tennessee, both, both living in Nashville. Right. I yeah. think Carrie lives in Nashville, yeah. but like, I feel like that would be so fun or, or all four of us, like four blondes, like just having some tequila. I feel like that would be so fun. Four blondes having tequila, dancing on a bar, talking about life, talking about how to get Carrie's legs. Yeah. She would think, give us the secrets for sure. I hope she would. I know it's to be a vegan and I'm working on it, but like, I just really like chicken wings. It's really hard. I'm learning to be gluten-free right now. Well, not- I, I've done it and it's actually like, it made me life, feel so much better. It's life-changing. It's life-changing. Like, real, real talk. Mm-hmm. Is this gluten-free? Is this gluten-free? I believe tequila is. Fun fact, all vodka is gluten-free. Tito's marketing is the smartest people on the planet who just put so smart on the bottle. And then everyone's like, I have to have Tito's water because it's gluten-free. I'm like, no bitch, every fucking vodka is gluten-free. Fun fact. Well, it's, I mean, I'm today, it's on the I'm today, I'm today years old learning that all vodka is gluten-free, but, but you're right. I did know that Tito's was gluten-free because of their marketing. So genius. It's absolutely genius. Yeah. Um, okay. Finish fill in the blank. Chelsea Goldberg is what? This could go. This could go in so many different directions, can it? It can. Chelsea Goldberg is inspirational. I would. I would. I would suggest that I was going to say a fighter, but I think inspirational and fighter kind of are hand in hand. So, I yeah. Like it. yeah, I like it. Okay. Um, I like to ask everyone this question, and I think it honestly still. I think it still makes sense. Um, what have you learned the most about yourself in this past year? That it's truly okay not to be okay, honestly. It's a different, it was a different kind of of mental health battle and struggle that I was facing during this pandemic than it was the four years that I was out of competition. Mm-hmm. Completely different. Like, and I know that's kind of crazy to say, but just different mindsets, right? Like I was, I had injuries that was keeping me from playing and mono and whatever else it was, but for life during a pandemic, like that's a, that's a different kind of battle. Right. So I think, and like I mentioned earlier, I'm not the best at admitting to my feelings. I'm really not. And I'm not the best at letting myself feel. So I think for me to acknowledge that I was not okay was huge. Mm -hmm was incredible for me to take a step back and realize that nope not okay I need to do something about it I need to change something and that's what I did and and I think that was definitely the biggest life lesson amen all right so if you will please raise your solo cup um we always end on a toast it's the Irish way of doing things and I'm actually taking he's up I'm taking your words and it's hard work is what works it does
Alrighty then, guys. Thank you so much for listening on in. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Uh, that is, that's going to wrap up today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you took something away from it. As always, if you liked this, I would love it if you would share it with someone who you think could maybe benefit from hearing this conversation. Um, and enjoy your day today. I don't, whatever you're doing, if it's just hanging out at home, if it's hanging out with family and friends, maybe you're going to get all of your laundry done. Maybe you're going to go out. I don't know, whatever it is. I hope you guys really have a great day. Um, you know, just, uh, I hope you choose to radiate, uh, positivity and good vibes. Cause I think that kind of energy is just, it, it brushes off on people and people are really appreciative of it too. All right, guys, thank you again for listening on in and remember to take the time today to realize that we have way more in common with each other than we have different. I will see you next time. Take care.